All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show. Your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis. Here's your host, Frank Saravalli. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show. Today is Wednesday, November 3rd, and we're streaming live on Twitter, YouTube, and, of course, on dailyfaceoff.com. He's Steve Greeley, former assistant GM of the Buffalo Sabres. Greels, how you doing? Great, Frank. Another great week back here to be with you. So excited to talk some hockey and about some more important issues. Yeah, and also a big day for Daily Faceoff and the Nation Network. We should mention off the top some big news for us. Daily Faceoff and the Nation Network have been acquired by Playmaker Capital, Toronto-based group. And what does that mean for you? Well, all good things if you're a loyal Daily Faceoff viewer, reader, listener. Uh, just means that everything that we've been building and all the momentum that we've created to this point, well, with the help of Playmaker, we can get to the next level. So thanks for everyone that's followed us to this point, and we've only got bigger things to come. But let's uh, let's move on and talk some hockey and certainly what's been going on around the NHL over these last few days. Let's put two minutes and 30 seconds on the clock and drop the puck with the Winnipeg Jets making uh, a lot of statements in their press conference that they held with their brass in owner Mark Chipman and GM Kevin Dayoff in response to the Blackhawks scandal uh, and the, the cover-up of the sexual assault of Kyle Beach at the hands of then-video coach Brad Aldrich. Kevin Dayoff spoke about his role in the incident. Mark Chipman spoke from the heart about how they view it and how they're going to continue to try and work to make the game safer. What was your biggest takeaway, Steve, when you looked at that press conference? Uh, Frank, to me, you know, one thing right off the bat, it was it was nice to see the human side of an owner. Um, often these owners, hey, they're billionaires, they're worth hundreds of millions of dollars, and 
the average fan or average person obviously sometimes feel like they can't re relate to them. But what Mark Chipman did yesterday was he showed us he's just like us. You know, he's a human being. I thought his speech was emotional. I thought it was heartfelt. I thought it was honest. You know, if we take a look at one of the quotes that was a, a big one yesterday, I commit to you today that I will use my influence within the NHL to acknowledge that there are systematic problems that require systematic solutions. And for me, that's where my biggest takeaway comes. I hope that Mark Chipman helps the NHL be ahead in leading the way in some of these systematic changes rather than following the lead of other sports or other corporations. This is an, an opportunity for the NHL to truly take a stand and deal with sexual abuse and sexual harassment. And I think Mark Chipman hopefully got the ball rolling. And, you know, if you're part of the Winnipeg Jets uh, group or, you know, Mark, I think it was a proud day to, to be a colleague or friend of his. And in the hockey world, I feel like that's what we are today. So that was my biggest take takeaway. And, you know, kudos to Mark Chipman for some great stuff. Yeah, look, it was a stark contrast to what we had heard from the NHL and Commissioner Gary Bettman just one day earlier. I think the big point for me was the idea that Chipman said we need to fight the urge and logic that we would use to defend our brand, essentially put down our swords. And, and that's not what we heard from the NHL and Commissioner Gary Bettman on Monday. It was almost like they were defending the shield. Uh, their backs are up against the wall and we need to use all the sort of legal terms that we want. I think you're right. What we heard from Chipman was empathetic. It was human. It was emotional. It clearly hit home. And I think when you look at moving forward here and the change that he's committed to, not just with that quote, but also in his other words to say that I want to be part of the process here that says enough. Well, those were important words to say. I think now the point is Let's make it not just be words anymore. Let's go out and actually affect change in the community. And now Kevin Sheveldayoff is in place with Mark Chipman. Uh, you know, we're going to continue to hold everyone to account in order to make sure that that happens and something like this doesn't slip through the cracks. Again, uh, let's talk uh, some hockey. Um, and we saw the Arizona Coyotes. I personally saw them live in Philly last night. Uh, just the tough start continues. A team that looks to be without some life at the moment, without some jam. They're off to one of the worst starts in NHL history. Oh, nine and one through their first 10 games of the season. Just one point to show for it. Uh, tied for the worst start in NHL history through the first 10 games. And you look at here and the amazing thing, Steve, uh, is that the Coyotes have been here before and actually not too long ago in 27-18, also an 0-9-1 start. So you look at this futility. I guess my question to you is, how bad are the Coyotes? Is it historically bad or is this a team that you find will turn the corner? What are we looking at here with the Coyotes? I do think that this is a team that it's reached a point where we have to talk about it. Uh, sometimes you blame a couple bad losses the numbers are starting to make like make it look like this team is in in serious trouble. Uh, a couple of things that jump out to me right off the bat. One of them is the goal differential for this team. You know, a dash twenty nine on the season, thirty second overall. I think Chicago's at thirty first at dash sixteen. That's a pretty big difference. Um, offensively, they're really having a tough time producing. The last three games, Frank. I know you were there last night. 1-0 to Philly, 2-1 to Carolina, 2-0 to Washington. And what you wonder is, inside that locker room, are they saying, we're right there, oh, we're so close. Are they encouraged? Or does it actually become discouraging when you're right there and you can't win 
and it's loss after loss. I think one of the things we're really going to have to watch is the frustration of the players. Um, I thought I saw it early in the season with Chikrin, and that feels like it was two months ago. You know, it was five games yeah. ago, but these losses add up. You know, is Clayton Keller's lack of production really going to frustrate him? I look at their schedule coming up. They're on the road in Anaheim. Um, then they're home against arrested Seattle. Next week they have many um, at home. I think what they're truly hoping is that some of these teams are getting some times at Whisper Rock and Estancia and a little tired for the home game. But I think this is a team that we got to be concerned about. One thing that's nice for Arizona is they have a ton of draft picks. So if they want to make a deal to give something to their group, they can. They can trade a second-round pick. They can make some moves with some of the picks that they've accumulated and try to give their roster something to be excited about. But it, it is very frustrating for the Coyotes, and, and I'm not sure when they can break through out of it. Yeah, I'm not entirely hopeful given the fact that as the season goes on, I'd imagine that they'd be plucking pieces off of that roster, not making an attempt to add to it, given that they're in the race for Shane Wright. And just the body language that I saw last night, that already looks yes. like a dejected team. I understand why um, the NHL record for most games to start a season winless, the 1943-44 New York Rangers, they could certainly be challenging for that. But the one thing I do want to point out, given that the board we just looked at going back to 2017-18, that team also started 0-9-1. And, and oddly enough, if you look back on it, ended up with 70 points. They got points in 36 out of their last 62 games to close out the season after a dreadful first 20 games. So maybe there's hope. Uh, I guess I'm just not seeing it at this point for the Coyotes. And, and speaking of another team in a much different scenario, uh, not all that far away from the Arizona Coyotes in the standings, but at this point with the Vegas Golden Knights and the injuries that they're facing and that seemingly continue to mount when you add a guy like William Wild, Bill Carlson to the mix, out six weeks with his latest injury. Basically, the the team that the Golden Knights have on the sidelines might be better than a, a roster that the Arizona Coyotes could put together uh, when they're at full strength. So they've got a ton of pieces missing. How does it get better, Grills? Well, you know, one of the things that jumps out to me right away with this team, five games at home and they're two and three. This team's been unbelievable at home the last couple of years. Last year, 21-5-2 at home. So only five times in 27 games did they not take points at home. So even the, the bad start at home catches your attention a little bit. The concerns are a major, major issue. That's a lot of offense, a lot of productivity in this on the sidelines. Talk Pacioretty, Stone, William Carlson, as you mentioned. That's where their offense comes from. Right now, they're 28th in the league in goals for 32nd in the league in the power play that those are numbers that I'm not sure really improve until this, you know, lineup gets back to healthy. So what's this all mean, Frank, to me, when do the concerns really kick in internally? When's management saying we got to do something with a team that wants to be a cup contender. It is sooner rather than later, you know, we're hitting the double digit game total. This is the team we know that's got, we got to watch that could be doing something big. And the reason is that they want, they're a team that's trying to win. They want to win. So with their best players on the sidelines, they're a team that's going to stay in the big game picture for a long time. We've seen it with Stone. We saw with signing Pietro Angelo. We saw it with Pacioretty. These games, this team is a big game hunter, and I think they're going to remain that way. 
Yeah, I mean, the only thing is, as we talk about that bigger acquisition and, and in parentheses, Jack Eichel, and I've reported that the Golden Knights have been well down the track on what would be a really complicated transaction, is that bringing in a guy like Eichel, you might actually be making your team worse off in the short term because you'd have to trade pieces from your roster to get him, and then he needs to have surgery and is probably out somewhere in the three to four month range before he can then begin helping your team, not to mention the cap you know, complications and that part of the transaction and making that work with the other injuries you have needing to ice a full team. I don't know that, you know, maybe they push for that, but I don't know that necessarily that helps the Golden Knights get out of the hole that they're in to start the year. And, and speaking of bodies coming back, uh, some important news from Montreal that was lost in the shuffle of everything that's gone on this week relating to the Chicago Blackhawks and the appropriate attention that's been paid there is that it appears that Carey Price will not be staying in the NHL's player assistance program longer than the minimum 30 days required. It seems like he could be back with the team soon. And I don't think it's fair, Steve, to speculate on, you know, what's going on with Carey Price or, or even putting, uh, you know, a date on when he would come back. For me, I think the big thing as the Canadians are off to a really tough start, certainly missing him and not just him, but also Shea Weber, uh, Cole Caulfield, you, you see the the trickle-down effect that it's had on a guy like Caulfield when you have a team that isn't as strong is that I hope Carey Price comes back on his own terms and comes back when he's good and ready. I have all the confidence that the Montreal Canadiens will do that. I think you see the emotion in Mark Bergevin when he spoke about it uh, a number of weeks back, um, you know, just dealing with, you know, that. And also the way that they handled Jonathan Drouin, who, by the way, is uh, was released from the hospital after taking a puck in the head uh, and was at home resting, um, that this is something that isn't going to go away easily and that the Canadians afford Price the time that he needs to come back when he's ready. Yeah, Frank, for me, first of all, it's great news for Carey Price and his family. Uh, it's a nice headline. It's something we all wanted to see. It's obviously nice news for Montreal. It's nice news for Hockey Canada. Um, one thing that is certain to me is you don't want to put a date on anything. You don't want to say that Carey Price could be practicing by November 6th and playing by November 9th. Any player returning from any sort of injury, they don't need deadlines. Carey Price has to return to Montreal to on the ice when he is 100% ready. It'll be great for his teammates. It'll probably be great for him. It'll be great for his family. It'll be great for everyone involved. But you shouldn't be putting a date on this. Uh, this is a positive thing, a positive headline. We look forward to returning, but when he's ready, that's the time. It's not when Montreal needs a big start. It's not when Hockey Canada needs to know their final three goalies. This is about Carey Price's timeline and has to remain that way. Quickly, Steve, as, as time goes down on the segment, what do you see for the Canadians in the short term, even without Price? Can they turn it around? You know, I, I think the biggest thing there is if Suzuki and a couple guys like that can get going offensively. Obviously, it was nice to hear Drew was released last night, but um, I do have my concerns about the team. Um, offensively, I, I think they're lacking some firepower right now, so they need to get some guys going. Yeah, they do. Mike Hoffman has certainly been as delivered, though, getting the goals that he provides. It seems like, obviously, he was late entering the lineup, but he scored and delivered as promised. Hopefully, some other guys can pick up as well. Let's turn our attention to this week's edition of Ask PLZ with former NHL referee, Tim Peel. Pleased to welcome back Tim Peel to the program. Tim, how are you doing? 
Good, guys. How are you doing? Really good, thanks. Uh, let's start with this. I, I think there's been lots of, uh, I don't know if outrage is the right word, but certainly some eyebrows have been raised to the start of this season with the lack of penalty calls against Connor McDavid. And, you know, I, I think when you hear Connor McDavid address it before the season started, address it a little bit in the offseason in terms of him, you know, wanting to, you know, maybe have a little bit more attention in that area. I want to play a clip for you. And as we watch it, I, I'd like for you to tell us how many penalties you actually see being missed here. And this is just, if you're watching at home, just to start this season. So let's roll that tape. So, Tim, as as we work our way through this, when when you had a chance to view this clip before we started, what what are you seeing here? How many penalty calls do you see missed against Connor McDavid that are legitimate and authentic? I see three calls that were missed. I, I don't have a problem with one of them being called, and that's a penalty, stick in on the feet. This one's the one I don't have a penalty because his right leg, he actually just goes on his knee. This one here, Lozon, whether it's on purpose or not, kicks his feet foot out, clips him from behind, and then Susie uses a stick to take him wide, and that's what we're trying to eliminate in the game. Right there, boom, sticks in. That's a penalty. Right here, that's okay. He keeps, he stays up, he keeps the puck, not a problem. Lozon takes his feet out. Connor's going to get that puck there. He's getting that puck, and the only reason Lozon gets it is because he, he uses his, his foot. That there, that's a penalty. I see that defenseman there, he's really not moving his feet because he knows he can't catch him. So he puts a stick out wide and he interferes with him. So Steve, or not Steve, excuse me, Tim, is this just a case of when you see Connor McDavid and he he's going down, but finds a way to stay on his feet? Obviously we know about his edge work and how impressive that is that because other players in that case might have gone down fully, does, it, does, he work, does his talent work against himself in that case? Sometimes, uh, 100%, I, I agree with you because he, his edge work and his balance is so good that on that second clip, he's able to, to maintain uh, control of the puck and actually stand up on the play. I still don't have a problem with not calling that penalty. The other ones, and part of the problem may be because he's going so fast, it doesn't take a lot of contact to knock him off the puck. But those three plays that you showed me, and you can see this one right there, he clearly gets tripped. And I can see why he's getting frustrated. We talked about it a few weeks ago uh, in the playoffs about, you know, non-calls on him in the playoffs. But these are three out of the, out of the four clips. Three of these should have been called. Tim, for me, you know, one of my questions for you, you see the numbers with how often Connor has the puck, how often he's leading the league in offensive statistics. How, like In the NBA, we complain about LeBron James getting too many fouls called on him, right? When you look at these, does it add up that Connor McDavid is not drawing more calls? No, it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense at all. I don't, I don't understand how he's, you know, he's 135th in the league in, in penalties drawn when he's the best player in the league and has the puck on his stick uh, more, more than probably most players in the league. And I, I don't understand why he's not getting the calls because as we can see from, from those four clips, uh, he clearly should be getting the benefit of the doubt. And I think because he's an elite player, and I remember when I refereed him, Connor McDavid isn't one to embellish 
plays. He's he's not, you know, we, there's certain players in the league that we know that will embellish plays in order to get the call. Connor McDavid doesn't embellish plays and, and he doesn't need to because he's so good. And the penalties that are against him should stick out because he is such a talented player that we should be obviously focused in on him. So, Tim, why don't we see more calls? I mean, I guess an easy solution for McDavid in this case would be to just embellish a little bit more. That's not in his nature. That's not the way that he plays. So how does this write itself? How does it even itself out other than having a conversation like this and calling attention to it? And also, what would the conversation in in the referee community be like with regards to a topic like this? Is Connor McDavid not receiving enough attention in that department? Like, how you know, what would the conversation be like in the ref's locker room? Well, I think the first step would be um, would be for Kenny Holland to have a discussion with Stephen as the GM of the team. It's not really the coach's place. Uh, it would be the GM of the team to have a conversation with Stephen and show these clips and get get Stephen's, uh, um, you know. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Get Stephen to explain why these calls aren't being made, and and then if if Kenny can bring Stephen, you know, clips like this that show that you know Connor's not getting the calls, then it's Stephen's uh, job to talk to the officials and pass it down either by email or sending clips like this out to make them aware of of what's going on in the league and also keeping our guys on standard when it comes to tripping. I would have to imagine, though, that given it's been a topic of conversation publicly and in the media, that officials would have to already be aware of it kind of going into the fact that there seems to be more missed than called on McDavid. Yeah, I think that's something that as the four officials get focused and get ready for the game every night, they should be in the room and there's points of emphasis that we want to concentrate on now, cross-checking, slashing, tripping, keeping the standard, et cetera. And I think that it should be brought up in the room and and be, they should be cognizant of the fact that this is been, has, has and is going on. And if there is a penalty against Connor, let's make sure we don't miss it. Yeah, really good stuff, Tim. Uh, really appreciate the chance to ask Peelzy. And of course, if you're listening at home or watching at home, you can fire away and ask Tim a question on Twitter, hashtag AskPeelzy. You can also find Tim Peel on Twitter as well. And I just think it's important as we wrap the segment to point out that no one here is arguing or emphasizing for any sort of preferential treatment for Connor McDavid. I think as a hockey fan and someone sitting at home, we watch these clips and we say, well, this is the best player in the world, the best at his craft. And it seems like teams are getting an unfair advantage in terms of how they're able to attack him uh, and not pay the price for it. So that's something that we'll all continue to keep an eye on, Tim. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Have a good day. It's time for the daily face-off question, inbox question of the day. You can hit us up on Twitter, hashtag AskDFO. We'll be happy to answer your questions there on Twitter. And the one today, Steve, is does Alex Ovechkin have the Rocket Richard race locked up to this point? Nine goals in nine games to start. First star of the month for the month of October. He's been one man extremely hot. If you were to go to the betting window today, and we'll get to our daily face-off best bets in a second, would Ovechkin be the guy that you have your money on to take home the prize? 
Yeah, I mean, how do you bet against this guy in terms of goal scoring? Every year I wonder, is there is it going to slow down for this guy? Is he finally going to you know, be human? And like last year, I'll give you an example, 2021, I think he had 15 even strength goals. So I'm starting to wonder, hey, is he just going to be a power play guy? No, this year he comes out and he has six even strength goals in the first nine games. I'll score. He's out there saying, I'll score however I, however I want. One-timers, I'll run you over, I'll have a breakaway. Um, you know, I was thinking about they did that Backstrom commercial a few weeks ago. They, they're ready to do a redo of it where he can say, I don't need this guy. So I just don't know how you bet against this guy. He's such a machine. He puts pucks through the back of the net. Let's just enjoy watching him for as long as we can. And one thing I know with these superstars, you can never predict when they're going to slow down. So I don't see why Ovi doesn't keep it going, not just this year, next year too. Yeah, I mean, to be fair though, father time does remain undefeated, but Alex Ovechkin is a special case. I think he's the mm -hmm. greatest goal scorer of all time, any generation ever. And that's with all due respect to Mario Lemieux and Mike Bossy and others. He's scoring at a time when it's way more difficult to score and he does it night in and night out. All that said, though, I'm still not entirely certain that he wins the Rocket. I know Austin Matthews and the Leafs off to a bit of a slow start. They seem to be turning it around. You get a four-goal night from Matthews, <laughs> not certainly out of the question, uh, and he's right back in the race. So I'm going to stick with my preseason pick in Austin Matthews. We'll see how that shapes out. And let's see how Tyler Uremchuk did in the daily face-off best bets. I was, like I said, I was at the Flyers game last night. I was ready to text you when you, you took mm -hmm. the, the Flyers to win by two goals or more. And I was like, oh, third period, no score. This is where Tyler's streak dies. But that's not the case. Continue to bet against the Oaks. Yeah, you wanted to jinx me, which you love to do, Frank, but you didn't get the opportunity as the Flyers come through and pick up a win. Still making money off the Yotes. That brings our record for the year up to 21-11-2. We're up about 7.2 units as well. Three games I liked it. It's only a four-game slate, but I've still found three bets that I like. So let's dig into the lines courtesy of our friends over at Points Bets starting in Edmonton, where the Oilers are hosting the Nashville Predators. The Preds are coming off a win in overtime last night. They're putting together a nice winning streak here. But I like the Oilers on the team total. Had some success last night betting on the team total in the Leafs game. Tonight, the Oilers team total is set to three and a half. It's paying minus 115. And they've hit this in five of their eight games so far. The Preds are stingy defensively. But... Like I said, second of back-to-backs. They're going with their backup, Connor Ingram, between the pipes. So I like the Oilers to get four goals or more in this hockey game. So that's my first play. Up next, as you can see on the screen there, Carolina is in Chicago to take on the Blackhawks. And I, I feel like this line is a bit of an overreaction to the Blackhawks winning their first game of the season. I mean, they're still only 1-7-2 this year. They have a goal differential of minus 16. The Hurricanes are still undefeated. They have a plus 21 goal differential. If it is indeed Freddie Anderson going tonight between the pipes for the Hurricanes, I love not only taking Carolina to win, but I'm actually taking them in regulation at, at even money. Um, really good value here. I think, like I said, this line is a bit of an overreaction to the Hawks winning their first game. And for my third play of the day, we are going to the Columbus Blue Jackets and Colorado Avalanche matchup. And... I'm going with an underdog in this one. I like the Blue Jackets at plus 150. I think this is a tremendous value spot. Elvis Merzlikens is 4-1 and one on the year. He's got a goals against average of 1.98. And the Avalanche are incredibly banged up. They're missing five or six of their regulars and a bunch of key players at that. 
and Jonas Johansson's going between the pipes. So it's not even like they'll be able to rely on Darcy Kemper in this one. The Jackets have been off to a pretty decent start here. Merzlikens has been lights out and it's a banged up avalanche team. Jackets on the money line at plus 150 is your third play of the night, courtesy of PointsBet. Another three-night play for Tyler Yumchuk. We'll see. When you're hot, you're hot. We'll see if you can keep it yep. rolling. Thank you, Tyler. And now time for my favorite segment of the show, Garbage Time. Steve Greeley, what has you excited? Last week, Frank, we talked about the excitement for the Olympics. This week, as we hit November, I start getting excited for Canada's favorite holiday, the World Juniors. Um, to me right now, this, this is a, an important phase for the national teams. They're all like all, all the coaching staffs are trying to finalize rosters. Who are going to be the 25 they bring? Who are they going to be the 22 that finally make it? This year, it's in Red Deer and Edmonton. Our own Chris Peters will be there, who's going to provide great coverage leading up to the tournament. But very exciting to start thinking about will, will uh, Shane Wright be there? Owen Power is obviously going to be there and some top young studs. So it's an exciting time for me because I really look forward to this national team stuff. And, you know, it's four or five weeks away before the camp start and back at it to, uh, like I said, Canada's favorite days of the year. So World Juniors is upon us and very excited for kind of our, for our own coverage leading up to it. Yeah, no, no question. Looking forward to seeing Peter, Chris Peters in Red Deer. Myself, I'll be found out yesterday heading to Beijing for the Olympics. So excited for all that stuff. Uh, that is all the time that we have on today's show. Just wanted to throw a little quick hit at you as well. Some breaking news while we were talking. The Pittsburgh Penguins hit with another couple COVID cases. Sidney Crosby, some mild symptoms. Brian Dumoulin, the defenseman, asymptomatic to this point. Just another thing that we'll keep an eye on and keep you apprised of here on the Daily Faceoff Show. As mentioned, that's all the time we have. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com for all the latest news, insight, and analysis from the National Hockey League. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for watching the Daily Faceoff Show. Make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
it. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.